Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Time for our buddy Coach Dave McGinnis to join us. Coach Mack ready to start up some Titans and NFL and draft talk. Always, always. He is brought to you by our buddies at Farm Bureau Health Plans. Healthcare coverage from Farm Bureau Health Plans is like an extra set of pads when you need them the most. They've been protecting Tennesseans since 1947. Coach, they sponsored a whole lot of draft coverage for us this time, too. And uh, as usual, you guys brought the heat on titans radio and it was glorious to listen to and uh you guys did a great job as always thank you mickey yeah we've gotten a lot of really nice uh emails and texts and reviews on it uh we work really hard on that thing you know of course mike keith drives the whole thing but uh rhett brian rhett brian was huge this year with everything that he did you know jonathan schaefer voicing all of those intros i mean that takes that takes a lot of work amy wells and rhett brian hosting the thing this year uh, the second day, Ramon Foster coming on with us. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, takes a lot of work. Uh, we were right on some, wrong on others. But I think at least we put out some good information. I know we did because I've got a lot of people that listen across the country on the app, and they really, really enjoyed it. We love doing it. And, of course, the standard for Titans Radio that Mike Keith set, you know, 20 years ago, uh, that's what we all strive to uphold. Can we take a second to brag on Rhett Bryan? And just how talented that dude is. Yeah, if I people mean, don't know, they need to know. No, absolutely. I mean, he's the best. Uh, you know, this is the fifth draft I've done with Titans Radio. And after the first one, Rhett, you know, asked me, you know, uh, sat down and said, Coach Mack, yeah, I love the draft, but, you know, I'd really like to know, you know, behind the wall how it works. Can you, can you, would you spend time with me? I said, if you seriously want to do it, yeah, and we'll spend the time with it. I am more than happy to. And, and he spent the time. And so I, I'm telling you, a, a lot of the success that we had, uh, stems from the fact of, you know, that horizontal and vertical board we put up, at least it gives you a chance to predict and, and have an idea of where things are going. And then look, Rhett did, Rhett, uh, for the first 105 picks, I think Rhett did not have a hundred, he did 120 thumbnails, 120 thumbnails to broadcast, you know, for the draft broadcast. And uh, out of 105 that were picked in the first two days, I think there were about five or six he did not have. Oh, my those goodness. Were, and those were all third-round guys. Goodness gracious. Coach Mack on with us, uh, breaking down the draft here on Blaine and Mickey. Well, Coach, you always talk about the pods. I guess kind of explain us, you know, to us uh, about the criteria that you use to actually rate players. Yeah, okay. The first, the first thing I'll do, uh, Blaine, is independently just go through and grade traits on players position-wise. You know, say, say, we're, say we're talking about safeties. I'll go through and grade traits on safeties. And then once I get uh, the number that I'm going to work with and get all those traits graded, then I'll put them up, and then I'll, I will compare side-by-side side those traits, and I will, I will rank them vertically. I will do that process throughout every position. And once I've done that throughout every position, then what I will do is start chopping up those vertical, those vertical uh, traits and, and picks or people as far as, okay, these guys, in my humble opinion, if I'm going to be in the first pod, that's going to be a first-round guy or top of the second-round person, you know, somewhere in the, in the middle, a top, say a top, uh, say a top 50 player, all right? And I do that clear across the board, and then I'll go to the second pod. I will pod those people from the bottom of the second, you know, clear through the third round. I will pod those. Then I will pod, you know, fourth to fifth round, sixth to seventh round. And once I get through doing that, and then we repotted and reset just because of rechecks and, and other things that you always do. It's a way you do it in a draft room four times. 
we did it four times. And finally, we got it reset. We had a, we, we, we had a person that set it up for us on Excel that you know was a huge help. And then we were able to just to, to have everybody have it at the draft, Mike, Amy, myself, and, and, and Rhett. And then when we would start talking about, okay, these players are gone, it, and then we had a person that would digitally check those things off as they were taken, it gives you at least a, a, a microcosm to look at as the draft is going on live about what is there as far as value-wise. Now, these are just my opinion. I'm the one that watches the tape right, right. for Titans Radio. These are my opinion. And then, of course, you know, Mike Keith does a lot of research. Rhett does research. Amy does her research. And then, you know, as we do that, then we can kind of get an idea. Now, are you right all the time? No, but it puts you in the general area. And there's a few times that you can pinpoint exactly. And because what Rhett does is does a very detailed search on draft on team needs. And he changes that throughout because of free agency. And so it's a, it's a pretty intricate process. I mean, we work three and a half months on it. And so that's how it goes. But when I talk about pods and you, and you hear, you know, uh, draft room people talk about, you know, the, the people that they have up, and we call it the bullpen, most places I was, three or four picks before your draft of guys that you were looking at. And everybody's different. Everybody's different. There's 32 different boards across the league. But that's how we do it. Blaine. Yeah, when I was listening, I heard you talk about like the trends and you were kind of predicting based off the knowledge of what some of the other teams needed or what was starting to happen here, whether it was a, a run on receivers, quarterbacks, whatever. So is that just through experience or is that actually just what you saw based off some of their needs and, and sometimes got it right and sometimes didn't? That's a great question. And that's an in-depth question. I'm glad you listened and you, you listened close. That, that's why you were a good player. You paid attention to detail. <laughs> but, but I'm serious. And, and here, here's what it is. First of all, I've got 35 years of experience with drafts. Yeah, right. I, can, I can recognize trends in drafts. I, and, and each draft is separate, but I can recognize trends. And also it depends on how your board is set and what you think might come off. And then plus you, you, look, at, you look at clubs and if, you know, I know, I know general managers, the new general managers, I don't have a take on how they normally do or head coaches are involved, but you know, 35 years of experience. I mean, you can't manufacture that, you know, and so it, it's a combination of all of it. And then, I mean, it's purely still, it's subjective because, you know, they can pick whoever they want to. And, you know, I, I was fortunate enough to get lucky on some. And again, I don't get any extra money for being right. But right. I just I, I just like I just like for us to be able to be knowledgeable when we're when we're talking about it. And Mike Keith, Mike Keith's very observant. You know how detailed he is. He uh -huh. said, hey, this is what's looking like here. Rhett said the same thing. I mean, you know. I mean, Amy Wells, you know, predicted the third quarterback taken. She said, you know what, I'm just thinking. And, and so to me, we come, you know, I come about it with 35 years of experience. And then with everybody else there, we, you know, we put our heads together within the time frame of what the pick is. And, and so that's, that's, why, that's why I think listening to Titans Radio Draft is fun for our listeners is because they know they're getting some information that makes a difference. Mm. Well, Coach, I want to ask you one more thing while you're giving us the Mac attack, and that is, all right. Now that, you know, we're in, you know, 2021 and things have kind of evolved as a head coach and, and now as a general manager, did you guys or do general manager also use analytics and how does that impact an actual draft or is that more about this, you know, the process of evaluating a player? You know, we were using analytics way back a long time ago. Dr. Okay. John Ward with the Cowboys. Okay. If you, if you remember that name, you remember Dr. Yeah. John Ward from Cowboys, mm -hmm. Mike Ditka brought him into us. I mean, you know, had, had some very specific things as far as play speed, you know, that he had developed, you know, with Gil Brandt. 
along. I mean, so we've been using analytics. I mean, other things other than watching tape for a long time, but it's all a part of it and a piece of it. So you ask me if I've used analytics before, I'll use any tool I can. Now, I still am going to believe what I see on tape. You know, and I'm going to use that. I'm going to use that as my major foundational piece. But I will use any type of information possible because and and still it's it's hard to be perfect with it. You can't. It's not it's not an inexact science. It's not a science at all, you know, because you've got human beings judging human beings and then making making uh, picks on a time clock. Well, speaking about science, was there any point in time in the draft at, at any of the picks you thought, oh, man, I thought they were going to go here as far as position just by position and they went in a different direction as far as another position well that happens with every draft with every team yeah right. with, with, with me if i'm not in the room if i'm not in the room that right. happens with yeah me. yeah exactly blaine it happens with me with every team you know and that's that's why doing a draft broadcast i mean those guys that do it on espn and nfl network they've got a hundred people helping them they got people right. in their ear right. telling them stuff <laughs> You know, I mean, seriously, I mean, we got Red yeah. Bryan setting up all of our, all of our person, stuff. Right? They got, they got 40 people, you know, I mean, Red's as good got, as 40 people. They got all people. kind of research assistants. And, and, yeah. and so, but yes, absolutely. I mean, that that's, and, and when it comes down to it, and plus we're doing it, we're doing it for every team, you know, and, and, and I, I don't know, I don't, I'm not in the Titans draft room. I'm not in the Eagles draft room. I'm not in anybody's draft room. And I don't ask coaches around the league what they're thinking because I know what it's like as a coach to have people call me and ask me because guess what? I'm not going to tell them. And right. so, you know, if, if they're my friends, I don't want to make them feel bad because they don't tell me. So I don't ask them. <laughs> well, with Coach Mack giving us the Mack attack. <laughs> it was interesting, Coach, before we get into any individual players, it was interesting. It seemed like a couple of times there was maybe a need guy who was a pick or two away for the Titans, and you thought, gosh, this guy would fit. He seems to fit schematically. It's a neat position. And then that guy gets taken by somebody else. Um, we saw John Robinson at one point trade out just because it seemed like maybe the board wasn't falling the way he wanted to. Maybe he got an offer he just couldn't refuse. But there's got to be just an unbelievable amount of nerves in a room, especially if you get close to a guy and think, boy, we'd love to have this guy. And knowing maybe a team one or two picks ahead of you has the same need and maybe a similar board and would think, gosh, we need this guy. That's the push and the pull of the draft, Mickey. It really is. And, and it is. It, it's full of adrenaline. It's a push and the pull of the draft, and you're sitting there. And absolutely. That happens. It happens every year. You know, I, I can remember when I was the head coach at Arizona, we were trying to get a new stadium. So we let some big honchos in that were, you know, uh, uh, stadium builders. We let them into our draft room. You know, the, the ownership thought that'd be a good idea to kind of get them on our side to let them in there. And and one of the guys after we'd made a pick, it, it was it was in, I'll, I'll tell you exactly. You guys know I like to tell you true stories. It was with the Kyle Vandenbosch pick. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, I wanted Vandenbosch, Joe Green and I wanted Vandenbosch bad. And most people in the room didn't, you know, and so finally it got pretty heated about two picks away. And, and, you know, it was coming down to it. And the, the owner's sitting there really quiet. Now, these, these big-time executives are sitting back against the wall, you know, and they're, they're kind of leaning forward, you know. I mean, they're scared to death. And, and so finally I said, hey, if it makes a blank who the head coach wants, I want Kyle Vandenbosch to just sit down. And that's it. And then everybody was dead quiet until the pick came. And then the, then the owner looked at me and said, coach. And I went, Kyle Vandenbosch. And he went, Put, turn Vandenbosch in. Well, then, you know, some guys that didn't get their way got up mad, walked out. Joe Green and I high-fived each other. You know, uh, <laughs> no, I'm serious. And then those guys sitting in the back afterwards, you know, because when you make your pick and you got time for the next pick, we had food set up downstairs. We walked downstairs. One guy said, Coach Mack, 
I run a multi-million dollar business. That's the most nervous I've ever been those last five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> pressure, pressure, man, pressure. Oh, man, I love it. Stories uh, inside the story. war room. True, true story. Well, the Titans in their war room, uh, we haven't had John even since the first round of the draft, which is a few days ago. Now they take Caleb Farley at 22. Uh, coach, this is a top 10 level talented guy, obviously with some medical concerns. Titans vetted all that and felt good about it. So at 22, uh, you get a top 10 talent. It's a similar thing to Big Jeff, right? An injury well, pushed him back in the draft and they pounced on it. Well, you talk about traits. I mean, when I was doing traits, you know, watch this guy play, you know, that's, you know, during his, his season that he played because he opted out in 2020. I went, you know, this is this is top trait guy. This is a guy that I would use, like I use Aeneas Williams when I was at the Cardinals, to match him up and say, you got him. I'm going to use the other 10 to do something else. You know, and so and so that's what it is. And that, that's what he is. Now, they, they felt comfortable and they felt good about, uh, you know, what their doctors, the Titans medical people had said about it. And so you just, you know, you make that you always are going to have to to make a pick and you're going to have to make a decision. And when you have one like that and you make it, you go forward. I mean, it worked out very nice. You know, with, with Jeffrey Simmons, now, you know, an ACL is different than a different than a back. I mean, I'm not. Look, guys, you know what I know. And, and hey, when I was a head coach, I had guys taken off of my board by our medical doctors that ended up playing 12 years in the league. You know, uh, you know, because, you know, our owner didn't want to pay anybody a dime if they didn't play every snap for 10 years. So anyway, I'm just saying once you once you make that decision, you make it and go. But traits wise. Traits wise, and I know Blaine, I know Blaine watched him play. Traits wise, he can do it exactly what you want. You know, he's big, he's long, he can match up with whoever you want. He can match up with anybody, anybody else would put out there. Getting the Mac attack with Coach Mac here on Blaine and Mickey. Well, yeah, uh, you know, Coach, I want to know which player do you like? You know, all coaches pick, you know, a player that, that, that was picked in the draft by the Titans. Did you kind of say, oh man, I because naturally I like Molden because you know he just you know, he's a feisty guy, sharp, smart, just a football's guy. Any guy in the draft that you kind of look at, it could be the last pick or Breeze or whoever, that you say, oh, man, I like the way he just plays football. You took my guy. Like, <laughs> did, you it, did you do it on purpose or did you just, just – well, I think he's like uh, Cortland Finnegan point 2.0. Oh, that's a great – that's a great analogy. Yeah, and, you know, and people don't uh, need to remember that when Cortland – you know, when Cortland uh, came out, uh, he had never played corner before. Right. The problem was, thinking, was, right. was a safety back there. And, and, and really seriously, when we went first into the, the individual drills and just had him backpedal, it was ugly. I mean, he, you know, he, <laughs> you know, he, but I mean, look, he was an athlete and, and he was a, a scrapper and ended up getting two nice contracts. You know, we brought him to the Rams when we went up right. there because we knew yeah. what he could bring to a football team attitude wise, plus just being able to play. So my point is when I was watching Molden, the thing that I thought was this guy's just, this guy's a football player. He understands it, and, and, he, and he's, a, he's a really good slot player. And when I say that, you know, and, and people need to understand the nuances that it takes to play in the slot. You play down near the line of scrimmage. When they moved you down there, it's a whole different world with your eyes, your mm -hmm. eyes, your reads, your fits, what you have to do, plus your coverage down there. But I really like his game, and I really, really like his attitude on the football field. So that, I mean, when they took him, I mean, I was, I liked the player. I really did. I didn't dislike anybody they took, but I liked this player just because I thought he would be a nice fit with what goes on. You know, whoever else he's competing with for this slot position here, and he and plus he'll be a core teamer. 
And that's yeah. the other thing I think it's important to know about this draft was, and it's important because in a truncated salary cap year, you're not going to be able to afford four or five veterans that are making two and $3 million a year, like Batesy was, or like, you know, to play teams. You're not that you're just not going to. So you're going to need some core team players you know, to be able to come in. And so anyway, uh, your, your question to me was who I liked the best. I liked him. All right. Well, naturally, you're a linebackers coach in, in heart. So what do you think about uh, Monty Rice? Uh, kind of break him down from Georgia. All I can remember is when he, he sacked, picked up the fumble against UT and ran it back for a touchdown at Georgia. But uh, kind of is he a middle, strong side, weak side? Kind of give the fans, you know, a little idea of what he can actually play in this defense of Rables. Yeah, he's, a, he's, a, he's an inside behind the ball. He can play either to the close or the open side. He's a GPS linebacker. And I, and, and I use that to mean his read and react is really good behind the line of scrimmage. He can find the football. He can sift through trash, which is important. You've got to have a knack for sifting through trash. You might have been one of the best trash sifters to ever play. Because when you had to walk – I'm serious. I do that all the time when I'm out there on Wednesday when I do our, our trashes pick up. You know. Well, and see, then, 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 then your talents have, have uh, carried over to your, re- your retirement life. <laughs> the, the thing about it is, you know, there's a there's a lot of stuff going on down in there, uh-huh. and you've got and sometimes if you don't if you don't react quick and you don't know how to get past all of that stuff, you get stuck. And if you get stuck at the second level, you're no good. I mean, that doesn't help. This guy doesn't get stuck much. He's a good GPS player. Uh, he he needs to work on his coverage. He wasn't asked to do a whole hell of a lot of coverage, but a lot most most players in, uh, in, in today behind the ball, you know, back there, you're either playing pure man or you're playing pure zone. There's very few combination that goes on in collegiate football, but I like him. And here's what else he is. He's aggressive downhill and he's a really good tackler. He's a good, sure tackler, which you know is a skill. Tackling is a skill. And I'm not talking about just, you know, blow up, uh, you know, blow up big hit every time I'm talking about tackling when you're the first guy there to get somebody down. Yeah, no doubt about it, Coach. I think it's kind of a lost art now. Nobody talks yes, about it. Yes, it is. It really is. And don't even wrap up and everything else. So I'm right there with you on that. I guess talk a little bit about Weaver. I know we just found some information about but I'm talking about his actual skills because I was shocked that he was available in the fourth round. So kind of take us through. It seems like he's a skilled pass rusher. Uh, I don't know very much about him, but I know Narduzzi and his staff always has some really good defensive players, whether from the you know the bottom of the level at the line to, to the back end. Yeah, very productive, very productive player. Now he had a, you know, he he was on a really nice path. He had an ACL, you know, that he had to, that he had to rehab. So when he came back off of that, still very, very productive. And I think he still physically, you know, can be even better with that. He got great, he's got great recognition. He he can set the edge. He's 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 got an ability to be able to find the quarterback off of the moves. That's important. Mm-hmm. Some guy can make moves, but they can't find the quarterback. So I like the player. I mean, I, you know, I, I like the player as far as to what he does on the field. Got you. Well, with Coach Mack giving us the Mack attack. Coach, uh, a tackle in the second round. We all knew they were going to take one at some point. John Robinson had talked some about the tackle depth before uh, the draft. He did the pre-draft Zoom. And I guess sometimes your need and where you are on your board match up because they took him at pick 53. He's a really tall guy. I think he's listed at 299. I actually heard his college coach on – uh, with with Nick Kale today uh, with Buckout, and he said, we had this guy lined up all over the line. He said one spring he played only inside, and when they drafted him, we the next day Blaine came on and goes, this dude can do other stuff. He can play guard too. Blaine's 100% right. Blaine is 100% right. And look, he's 6'6", 310. When we drafted when, you know, from a smaller school, you know, you know, but when we drafted Michael Roos, he was 6'7", 313. 
just about the same type of deal, okay? And this guy's got really good feet. Michael Roos had what? Really good feet. And if you'll remember, I mean, I remember because I was there. And Munch went out there and worked him out and came back and said, this is the guy. And they played, you know, they played Roos at right tackle when he first got here, if you'll remember. Yeah. He played at right tackle yeah. when he first got here. And, and so this, this, this guy, Radens, I, I, I like him. And he's got a nasty streak to him. Michael Roos was a really quiet guy, but he was a nasty dude on the field. You know, yeah. he, he, he and Big Country were two really nasty edge guys for us. You know, <laughs> and, and, and neither one of them said anything. I mean, they wouldn't say a word. You know, this guy to me is a – I said it on air, and I, I shouldn't say things like this, but, you know, I really don't care. You know, I, 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 I said it on there. I said, this guy will be one of the seven on uh, the first Sunday we play. He'll yeah. be one of the seven on, 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 on the active. And Blaine's 100% right. You know, he, he's going to push for a starting role at the tackle position. But when you only suit up seven of those guys, you've got to yeah. have guys that can swing and can swing without opening up big holes. And Blaine is 100% right. He is one of those guys. All right, last one before we let you go. They traded up to take Des Fitzpatrick, the wide receiver from Louisville. He's, he's a big guy. He was productive for four years. A, a lot of the services, quote unquote, media people had him had him like way back as far as rating behind where he was taken. But this is where we have to remind ourselves: it doesn't matter where where Mel Kiper necessarily had him. It's where John Robinson had him and the Titans on their draft board. And obviously, they thought a lot about this guy. Yeah, absolutely. And Mel Kuyper, God bless him. He's he's made a great career out of doing this. And he works hard. He works yes. hard at it. He's never busted a grape on the field. So let's just say that. <laughs> you know, and so that that's that's important. That's it's important to know. But when you look, when you when you look at it, uh everybody and, and I watched him. I watched him because I watched him two two atwell. And everybody right. talked about how explosive two two atwell was and how much of a big play machine he was. This guy's yard per catch was more than two two atwell. All right. Yeah. And so you got a big, long dude that can run. He needs – look, this is a perfect, perfect player for Rob Moore to get his hands on because mm-hmm. Rob Moore is a really good receiver coach. You see what he's done with everybody that he's had there. Everybody that he's had there has improved as a receiver, as a receiver, learning the nuances. And I know Rob Moore. I mean, I, Rob Moore played for me, and I know, I know what a technician he was and the nuances that he understood. And so this is a, this is a nice pick for them. And, and plus, you've got it. You've got a guy. Here's one thing, guy, one trait that I always put down. And it's not the end all to be all. But in some positions, you need it is speed. This guy's a big, long dude that can run and had production there. He had production there. And let's say this, too, just because just because the common services, I mean, they knew who he was. But, you know, look, this was a big time draft for receivers. And the yeah. big names were getting a lot of play, you know, early, early on. You know, it's just like Racy McMath. This guy's down there at LSU with some of the best receivers in the nation. And guess what? This will go to Blaine's heart. He said, hey, I want to get on the field. Put me at Gunner. Yep. Okay. So they put him at Gunner, and here he went. So, I mean, this guy, he's going to earn him a spot and then get a chance to be the fourth receiver in this thing. So it's all about opportunity and what you do with your opportunity. This will be a different team. You can't – I don't know whether it's going to be same, better, or worse. I know it will be different. Coach, great stuff. Thank you, man. And we could have done this all day. Great coverage of the draft and always appreciate these weekly visits and uh, for you to jump up an hour earlier today for us. We really appreciate that. Thank you, sir. Anything for you guys. Blaine, keep using skills, taking out the trash, please. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody sorts the trash like the hit, man. Thank you, coach. (laughs) 